0: We're live. Hello everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Matthew Paris show. I'm your host Matthew Paris. Before we get started, make sure you hit that little subscribe button right down there on the Matthew Paris show. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Paris show. We talk sports, what is happening in the world of sports. And uh before we get started with that, first of all, I have to give a shout out to a friend of mine's uh son's birthday it was a couple of days ago. Uh give a shout out to uh Ebenezer Alpha Simisuwaki. He uh it was his birthday. Happy birthday, my man! Keep listening to the show. Uh, you're going to go off and do great things. Uh, I hope you had a great birthday, and I hope it was fun. Um, so yeah. So uh, happy birthday to Ebenezer Alpha Simaswaki. Um, so before we get started, let's talk about what's going on in NFL football in the NFL news. Uh, we have the mock draft coming up now that the uh, Super Bowl is over and uh, Taylor Swift got her Super Bowl ring, I'm sure of it. Uh, let's talk about the mock draft. The NFL Combine kicks off this week, so it's a perfect time for another mock draft to have the pivotal part of the draft process. So we do have the Combine kicking off this week. How this week unfolds will have a profound impact on how the top of the 2024 NFL draft plays out um there's only one projected trade in the second edition of this here draft projection but it's a big one that leads to the selection of two quarterbacks in different neighborhoods in the first 10 picks there will be many additions to this mock draft coming over every other tuesday throughout the draft cycle in the lead up to the 2024 nfl draft which kicks off on thursday april 25th um so we got round one pick one of course you know chicago has the first pick it would be caleb williams This is the mock draft. Uh, Caleb Williams uh, out of USC. Drake May out of North Carolina is predicted to go to the Washington Commanders. Um, We'll see how that plays out. We'll see how that plays out. Um, You know, a a couple of NFL sports journalists, ESPN, and other words, and other uh, people around the league, journalists around the league, believe that Caleb Williams might be an NFL bust. So should the Chicago Bears take him? I don't know. Uh, you guys comment on the section below. We'll figure that out. Uh, this comes out of Buffalo, New York. Bill's Josh Allen's ex talks having sex in the city moment following split from the NFL star. This is from Brittany Williams. Explains the dating world has been a fun and exciting experience. This comes from Ryan Gatos over at Fox News in Buffalo. Brittany Williams, a former girlfriend of Buffalo Bill star Josh Allen, opened up for the first time about her split from the NFL star in a recent podcast interview. Williams talks about her breakup with Alan on last week's Martinis and Bikinis podcast. Uh, she says that she was with her ex-boyfriend for 10 years and that, uh, that you know, she was very happy with him and that he was just, uh, you know, he, he kept playing football. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what can you do? It kind of sounds like the situation between... Um, between Giselle Bunchkin and and uh, Tom Brady when they got divorced, Giselle kept on saying to Tom, you know, you you have to go pick up the kids now. She wanted – Giselle actually wanted Tom Brady to quit football, to retire from football after Super Bowl 51 when he, got, I believe, got his fifth ring. And he told her, no, I can keep playing. Kind of has a very uh, same effect here. He, she says also says that the daily world is very, very difficult at, uh, for her at first because – She was like, I never thought I would be here again, but here I am. I'm very happy now. Uh, The day life for her in New York is absolutely crazy, but it's so much fun. It was so entertaining. Uh, She says she's giddy right now, just not talking about it because it's so much fun. She's having the sex in the city moment. It is crazy out here on these streets. I'll just say that. It's hard, but it's beautiful because it makes you realize everything you want. It makes you not sell for anything more than that. Uh, For her experience, it's been the most fun and exciting experience. I've learned so much about herself. I've learned that she was like, I don't like, and I'm not going to entertain anything other than someone that I think is actually meant for her or whatever it is. So, uh, yeah. So uh, she explained that she came to the realization she had to grow and learn out of her own figure and figure out what made her happy. And once she did that, she suggested the universe put the right people in front of her. Um, Yeah, so we'll see about that. Uh breakup rumors between Allen and Williams swirled last year as Williams up following the quarterback on Instagram and appeared to celebrate her birthday without him. Additionally, any mention of Buffalo was removed from her uh account. Uh things got a bit more interesting uh when the two went to the Kentucky Derby, but without each other. One of Williams' friends had an eyebrow raising post on her Instagram stories. Um yeah, so that's uh that's Britney Williams, you know, so we'll uh we'll see what happens there. All right, let's move on real quick. And other news in uh, NFL sports, uh, the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs, releasing wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantlin, who hauled in Super Bowl uh, 58 touchdown, uh, what's likely to be an eventful offseason for the regaining Super Bowl champions is underway. This comes from NFL.com. The Kansas City Chiefs are releasing wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantlin, NFL Network insider Tom Pilcero Pul- reported on Wednesday morning. MBS was planned for the final season of his three-year deal with the Chiefs, and his release will provide $12 million in cap savings for Kansas City, per over-the-cap. Hopefully, of re-signing impending uh, free agents Chris Jones and LeJaris Need, the Chiefs need to uh, crunch the books. That they're part of ways Of Valdez-Ganty should help. Uh, so it, was, it could be a budget thing, you know. Should they have got rid of him? He did score a touchdown Super Bowl 58. I don't know, you know, let's see if uh, any other team will want to pick him up. You know, that includes the Houston Texans and their cap salary. Um, a splashy, a speedy signing for the Chiefs after the traded Tyreek Hill. Uh, MVS continued on a similar career path set with his previous squad, the Green Bay Packers. He flashed brilliance, but more than anything, it was inconsistent. So the biggest problem he has with NFL teams uh, will be inconsistency. It happened with the Chiefs, it happened with the Green Bay Packers. He had 63 receptions for 1,002 yards and three touchdowns in two seasons for the Chiefs, but helped them win back-to-back Super Bowls. Most notably, he had a huge 116-yard 1TD AFC Championship game in the 2022 season and hauled in a 16-yard touchdown Super Bowl uh, 53 for the Chiefs' only touchdown in regulation. Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, Super Bowl 58. I say Super Bowl fifty-three, Super Bowl fifty-eight for a Chiefs' only touchdown in regulation. The fleet-foot MBS is now bound for free agency. Um, So again, uh, let's see where he goes. Could he go to the? uh, Could he go to another team? Could he go to the Houston Texans? Could he go back to the Green Bay Packers? Could he go to the Chicago Bears? It all depend. It's a money game. It all depends on what the cap salary holds and how many uh, the budget of NFL franchise has. it says right here, uh, Q, quarterback Caleb Williams of USC, University of Southern California, would be excited if Bears drafted him set to meet with eight teams at Combine. You have to remember the combine is this week. USC quarterback Caleb Williams viewed as a likely number one overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft, said he'd be thrilled to be selected by the Chicago Bears, doing his best to clear up rumblings to the contrary. If I get drafted by the Bears, I'll be excited. Williams said in an interview with ESPN's Pete Tomal, published on Wednesday. If they trade the pick and I get drafted by someone else, I'm just as excited. Speaking about Chicago, so look, he's he's just excited to be in the NFL and get drafted. Uh, Speaking about Chicago, they have a talented team, a talented offense and defense. For anyone to be in that situation, I think they'd be excited. Williams is scheduled to arrive Wednesday at the NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis and is expected to meet with the Bears, Washington Commanders, New England Patriots, Las Vegas Raiders, Atlanta Falcons, New York Jets, New York Giants, and Minnesota Vikings. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reported Williams will take part in meetings, but will forgo testing and on-field work, which he's expected to do in USC's Pro Day on March 20th. In his interview with ESPN, Williams uh Uh, made the comment notions that he would have to be traded rather than play in Chicago. I'm not pushing any agenda, he said. So he's kind of backpedaling a little bit there. At the end of the day, the Bears have the last say. Regardless of how I feel, I'm not pushing any agenda of, yeah, I want to go, or no, I don't want to go. I'm excited for whatever comes. Yeah. So uh, Bears general manager Ryan Poles, who has yet to announce if he intends to trade Chicago starter Justin Fields, and our keep the number one pick was asked Tuesday if he had any concerns about the rumored reservations of Williams playing in the Winnie City. No, no, no. Concerns about uh, that all? poll said, I would love to know why, if that was the case. Like I said, I think as a young quarterback, and I've been around it, the infrastructure is important, and I think we've made really good progress in terms of having really good infrastructure for whoever were to come in or if Justin uh, were to stay here as well. Polls' comments would... Seem to be in line with that. Williams was hoping to find his first NFL franchise. Just a constant growth and change that's important, whether you are a quarterback or a wide receiver or a general manager, our owner, or an organization. Williams said, or if that's he's looking for, just a healthy situation in the facility with the players, and just a place that really wants to win. Williams, who began his college career at Oklahoma before transferring to USC, was the 2022 Heisman Trophy winner. He passed for 8,170 passing yards, 72 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions over two seasons with the Trojans. He's a top-ranked prospect at Daniel Jeremiah's top 50. Um, so, yeah, so there were rumors going around that he would want it to be traded to another team and not play for the Chicago Bears, And now he's kind of backpedaling a little bit. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens there. You know, who knows? Um, yeah, so... We'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. Again, the NFL Combine is coming up. He's meeting with several teams. Caleb Williams is meeting with several teams. Atlanta Falcons, New York Jets, New York Giants, Washington Commanders, Las Vegas Raiders. So uh, we'll see about that. Let's move on real quick. Let's, in other NFL news, Stephen Jones won't share details on Dak Prescott negotiations. Will Dak Prescott stay with the Dallas Cowboys? Our whole thing is him being a cowboy. He won't say how or when. But Executive Vice President Stephen Jones wants Dax Prescott on the Cowboys long in the future. So he's actually for Dax, Dax Prescott who had uh, earlier in the season what would be uh, considered to be an MVP year. But of course we all know he didn't win MVP. Uh, he got knocked out of the playoffs. So uh, let's see here. Dallas expect to work out in an offseason extension with Prescott who is entering the final year of a contract that includes both a no trade and a no tag clause. But given the Albatross his 59.5 million cap hit currently on the team's spending ability. Questions will continue as to what a deal might take place. We won't be ex- uh, expounding on those type of things with our negotiations. Joe's totally scrub of reporters on Tuesday at the NFL scouting combine. I mean, that's obviously something as we move forward. Hopefully, we'll continue to make progress and communicate. Sorry to tell you guys, but we're not going to be giving reports on how things are going, so they're not talking to the press on how negotiations of Dak Prescott's contract. He went on to say again that he won't provide any details, timing, amounts, anything. Jones intends to play things close to his chest out of respect for both parties, but he will be vocal about the end goal. Our whole thing with Dak is him being a cowboy. And that's all that's on our mind. Jones said when asked if Dallas would ever have to start thinking of life without the three-time Pro Bowler, we certainly don't get into those type of thoughts. Despite falling short in the playoffs once again, Prescott put together the finest season of his career in 2023. He led the NFL in completions with 410 and touchdown passes with 36. It is 69.5 completion percentage with 105.9 passer rating or personal best. All of which led to his second-place finish in MVP voting behind Lamar Jackson. So you have to remember... He finished at second place. He was a runner-up MVP voting behind Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. But the fact that his contract voids in 2025, also blocks Dallas' ability to tag or trade him ups. The stakes to a him at a price commensurate with his performance before it's too late. Um, this continues on. Jo- Even if Jones won't address a the timeline, there's a hefty need to get something done sooner rather than later. The Cowboys are currently estimated to have the sixth-least cap space on down apart to Prescott, who accounts for a whopping 22.8% of the team's 2024 cap. Um, to go all-in as owner Jerry Jones wants, either by locking up stars like wide receiver C.D. Lamb and linebacker uh, Micah Parsons, are adding more through free agency likely begins with easing the burden of Prescott's current contract by eking him to the next one. Well, we've got ways to adjust his cap number for this year, Stephen Jones said, of handling free agency with Prescott's cap hit. We are obviously between Dak and between Micah and CD. The salary cap is real for us with those three guys. We're in a situation where we want to be deals with all three of them. Do you get to do everything you want to do with the salary cap? I don't think any team does, but we're certainly going to be able to go out and go to work and get the things done that we feel like we need to get done to be successful. As for Prescott's teammates, Lamb is slated to play on his fifth-year rookie option after leading the league with 135 receptions, while Parsons is in line to see the option picked up before he's earned a larger piece of the pie as Dallas' biggest playmaker on defense. Jones made it clear Tuesday at keeping those three in Dallas' main priority, however, difficult it proves with each one existing at top echelon of their respective positions. I've always, it's always a challenge, he said, when you start to have a lot of players that you're trying to pay top of the market. This is from Steven Jones, it's a challenge, but the cap has gone up tremendously. So to me, it's not a lot different. It's just how many guys you're trying to fit in there. And to me, it's about players. Certainly that quarterback position, it's not unique to us. A lot of teams have it. I think when your project out probably through next year, that's probably going to be 16 quarterbacks making 40-plus million. So it's real. It's good because you have one. Um, so, yeah, so listen, Steven Jones uh, – you know, share detail on Dash Prescott negotiations. He wants him to be a cowboy in the long run. He finished second. Dak Prescott finished second in MVP voting. So, we'll see right there. So, basically, I think Stephen Jones and, uh, of course, Jerry Jones all want uh, Dak Prescott to be a cowboy. But can they win the Super Bowl? Can they go to the big game with him? I don't know. There's several – there's two different kind of quarterbacks here. There's the Super Bowl quarterbacks. There are quarterbacks that can win games. And then their quarterbacks are just, you know, become a bust. So we'll see at in the long run which one he becomes. Uh, let's move on real quick. Uh, let's talk about the Miami Dolphins real quick. The Dolphins, Mike McDaniel, party with uh, defensive coordinator Vic Fadigo. I'd be lying if I said I was expecting that. Uh, sorry, I said Fadigo, Fangio. Some things aren't meant to last. Well, the Dolphins scored uh, Vic Fangio as their new defensive coordinator ahead of the 2023 season. The belief was that longtime coach would def- be a de- deliver a defensive on par with Miami's hot- high octane offense. A unit beset by injuries instead finished 22nd in points allowed, after which uh, Fangio and the Fins uh, mutually agreed to a separation neither party initially saw coming. In regard to the defensive coordinator transition this offseason, I'd be lying if I said I was expecting that during the season at all, head coach Mike McDaniel said on Tuesday at the NFL scouting combine, per the team transcript. I think Vic would uh, feel similar. I, uh, what happened was basically I think it's important when the season ends for you to remove emotion and evaluate and have a very, been very good conversations with all people that you're depending on. With Vic and I, we had extensive conversations that were very healthy. Ultimately, when push comes to shove, it seemed like we both had the opportunity it would be best for both parties involved to literally mutually part. So it wasn't anticipated. It wasn't something that I think was a factor of great communication between him and I where we feel like we've all been served if we go a different direction, which is something that we had mutual belief. I'm excited for both parties moving forward. It might have been difficult to predict in season. Uh, Fangio had been so good for so long with eight top 10 scoring defenses across his last 11 years with three different teams. As a coordinator or head coach before joining the Miami Dolphins, plus even while giving up points, his group of walking wounded still ranked 10th in yards allowed. Um... Yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Hang on a second. Uh, Look, but once the Dominoes started falling after the season, uh, the Departed lined up quickly. So, yeah, so we'll see what happens there. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles fired their defensive coordinator, Sean Daisy, on uh, January 21st. Miami mutually parted ways with Fangio three days after that. Less than 24 hours later, he took the D.C. job in Philly. Returning to the TV advice for two weeks that led up to Super Bowl. Uh, that would be, uh, that will be uh, I'm sorry, Super Bowl uh, 50, uh, I believe 52. Um, that would be Fangio's next opportunity. Meanwhile, McDaniel plucked Anthony Weaver away from the Baltimore Ravens to be his third D.C. in as many years coaching in Miami. Um, you know, also, they want their uh, Miami quarterback to have a long run in, uh, in Miami to stay a Dolphin, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the Washington Commanders for a minute. Commanders GM Adam Peters on process of determining quarterback future. We still have a lot of work to do. Uh, New Commanders General Manager Adam Peters was part of a 49ers franchise that took just about every avenue to land quarterbacks. Uh, Before, you know, now they have a good quarterback, uh, the Niners do with Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. They traded for veterans, side free agents, used both high picks, traded up for Trey Lance and low ones, nabby Brock Purdy in the Mr. Irrelevant slot to address the position. Now, Peters is being tasked with solidifying that spot in Washington, which he has yet to share his struggles and position in recent years. find the right person our people for the job, it turns out, is no snap of the fingers. We still have a lot of work to do, Peters said Tuesday, from the 2024 NFL Scouting Combine. The commanders do have a things working for them in the search. They have Sam Howell, who has started the past 18 games, returning in 2024, they own the number two overall pick in the 2024 NFL Draft, which appears to feature some very promising quarterback prospects. They're also oozing salary cap space that they choose to spend money on veterans veteran outside the building. That's the good news, the bad. Picking quarterbacks is hard, added Peter said. If I knew that answer, I'd be somewhere else, Peter said, probably retired. There's so much more that goes into besides the tape. If you're valuing a defensive end, I think we all see what Nick Bosa or Miles Garrett looks like. At quarterbacks... There's so much nuance that goes it uh goes into it besides the talent and skill set in the arm strength and all that. Um so the Washington Commanders and their new GM, Adam Peters, is still trying to find the right quarterback for them. You listen, you know, I'm from Houston. The Texans had a hard time finding the quarterback for the longest time. There's a list online of how many uh uh quarterbacks that the Houston Texans had gone through before landing on CJ Stroud. So uh yeah, so you just never know about these sakes. It takes a while. You know, uh, Todd Brady, 199th picked in the draft, you know, is now the GOAT. He has seven Super Bowl rings. So sometimes you'll find a diamond in the rough. Sometimes you'll find a bust in the first round. You never know. It's a roll of the dice. You can do what you can to evaluate them, but you never know. Um, let's go here real quick. All right, uh, let's talk about the NBA real quick. Um uh it says right here, let's talk about the LA Clippers. NBA storylines Clippers find success with starters and small ball. Um the small ball has become popular. It uh you know, small ball has you know, the Houston Rockets had used small ball when they lost their big man. So let's see how the LA Clippers are doing it. Breaking down how LA's different uh different lineups have fared since James Hards came aboard. After an incredible run from an early <coughs> Excuse me, from an early December to early February, in which they won twenty six of thirty-one games, the LA Clippers have cooled off a bit. They've lost four of their last seven, with all four losing having come by double digits. To other teams in the top eight in the Western conference, all three wins have come by just five or six points. As a result, the Clippers ranking the bottom 10 on both ends of the floor over the last three weeks and have slipped into fourth place in the West. They're not in immediate danger of falling lower than that, but they would surely uh, talk to get back, take to get back on track when they host the Lakers on Wednesday. The Clippers are led by a big three, but they have uh, death beyond Paul George, James Harden, and Kawhi Leonard. With a former uh, Kia MVP, Russell Westbrook, and a Kia six-man-of-the-year kid at Norman Paul, Powell, excuse me, uh, coming off the bench. With a lot of size and talent, they have a lot of versatility. Here's a look at the Clippers' different... Different lineups that have worked for them. A starting five that works. This is number one. Westbrook started the first 10 games of the season, but after Clippers lost their first five with hard, they made a change, moving Westbrook to the bench and Tears Mann into the starting lineup. They, de- they got the Clips on their way and their two most used lineups. The four perimeter stars with either Ivic, Zubak, or Mason Plumley at center, having combined to outscore opposed by 13.5 points per 100 percentages at 555 total minutes. All right, the group ranks ninth offensively and 11th defensively among those 28 lineups. Uh, George, who is listed as out of the Lakers game on Thursday, and Leonard, who had each missed a game over his 3-4 stretch in the starting lineup, has really struggled offensively in the last five years. Uh, excuse me, last five it's played together, scoring just a point per possession in 67 total minutes. Uh, number two, bench minutes could be better. One reason why the Denver Nuggets starters play so many men's together at their bench is not very good. Ranking 26 in regard to uh, uh point differential per 100 possessions with reserves on the floor. Of course, the Clippers' bench only ranks 21st in their regard. The Clippers' big three will have big on-off differentials with Harden having the biggest. Since he joined them, the Clippers have been 60, 16.9 points per 100 possessions, better with him on the floor. Plus 8.6 Other than that, they've been uh, with him off the floor, minus 8.3. Not surprising the Clippers are better with more stars in the game, but they've still been very good with only one of the three on the bench. In 928 minutes, with all three of Harden, George, and Leonard on the floor, they've outscored their opponent by 10.9 points per 100 possessions. In 776 minutes, with two of the three on the floor, since Harden joined the team, they've outscored their opponents by 8.4 points per 100 possessions. Um, the third biggest thing would be success with small ball. That Harden, Leonard, and George have played the most clutch minutes for the Clippers, since Harden joined the team, is even less of a surprise. Fourth and fifth on the list are Pal and Mann. Since Harden's November six debut, the Clippers have played only 66 clutch minutes, fifth fewest in the league, and they've had uh, one of their three centers, Zubach, Plumlee, and Daniel Theis, on floor for only 35-53% of those minutes. Uh, overall, the Clippers have outscored their opponents by 19.4 points per 100 possessions and 109 total minutes. With hard Georgia Leonard on the floor without any of three sitters, P.J. Tucker or Musa D- uh, Diabati, it was some combination of Man Powell, Westbrook, and Amari Coffee, and the offense has been ridiculously good. 129.6 score per 100 in those minutes. Um, so we'll see what the Clippers could do. I think they're now down to fourth in the Western Conference. But uh, um, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see what they can do. Will they? Uh, I think they will make the playoffs, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets for a minute. Hornets pledge full funding for a new practice facility. The new facility is a part of a renovation project that'll also make improvements to Charlotte's uh, Spectrum Center comes from Charlotte, North Carolina, the AP. The NBA's Hortons say that they are committed to fully funding a new practice facility in downtown Charlotte above $30 million to be provided by the city under a revised proposal. The Hortons now, co-owned by Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall, are teaming with longtime partner Novit Health to, uh, to offer a destination for what is called Leaning Edge Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Care as part of a mixed-use practice facility development. The new practice facility is the next step as we work toward our vision of building the premier franchise at the NBA and having world-class facilities. The Horton said in a statement, We truly appreciate the collaboration and partnership of the City of Charlotte and Charlotte City Council. This played as a win-win scenario for all parties involved. In 2022, the Charlotte City Council approved $275 million for the team's facilities, which included $250 million for arena renovations and $60 million for a standalone practice facility as part of a deal to keep the team in Charlotte through 2045. The Hornets are proposing the city redirect half of the original $60 million intended for the practice facility to arena renovations. City leaders are expected to vote on the new proposal next month. The next Practice filling really, on an idea that has been in the planning stage for several months would be built near the Spectrum Center where the team plays its home games. The projected completion date at the end of 2026. The Hornets unveiled plans and renderings for improvements to the Spectrum Center in January. Those plans include adding 2,500 seats to the lower bowl of the arena. In 2025, upper concourse enhancements include lighting. Uh, signage and concessions, and a transformation of the existing club as suites, allowing for hundreds more seats to be uh, inclusive of club amenities. So, uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's what we have with the Charlotte Hornets new practice facility. So hopefully they're doing new practice facilities. Hopefully they're doing arena renovations. They're going to remodel the suites and everything to add more seats. So uh, hopefully that goes through. They're going to have a meeting with the Charlotte City Council, and uh, I believe that's next month. So we'll see what happens there. Um, let's talk about the NBA power rankings. This is week 19. The Denver Nuggets and the Milwaukee Bucks starting to make their move. Boston maintains its lead at number one, while Oklahoma City, Denver, and Milwaukee are among the teams climbing the week. In a GM survey before the season, there were five teams picked to win the 2024 NBA Finals. And about 70% of the way through the schedule, we could eliminate any of the five. But as it was written in the space a week ago, three of those five teams, the Denver Nuggets, Milwaukee Bucks, and Phoenix Suns, need to start playing better as soon as possible. The Nuggets and Bucks have seemingly answered a call going to combine 5-0 last week with road wins over the Timberwolves, Sixers, and Warriors. The Suns, not so much, though they're without Bradley Beal and they did get a need a win over the Lakers on Sunday. With the league's toughest remaining schedule, there will be more opportunities for Phoenix or maybe more roadblocks in their quest to remain a top-six team in the Western Conference. Uh, The plus-minus player of the week, right way, uh, Shai Galagis-Alexander from OKC, sorry if I mispronounced that, was a plus-76 three games last week. Um, Let's see here. Teams of the week, make it last forever, Milwaukee 2-0. If you could count the all-star game, Doc Rivers has won three straight. Um the East versus West. The West is uh 171 over 133.563 against the East in interconference games through the East was six four last week. Uh the schedule straight through week eighteen was the toughest one it was Memphis two, Golden State three and Portland. Easiest one was Phoenix two, Cleveland three and Philadelphia. Uh now the movement in the rankings, high jumps of the week, Toronto, Indiana, Milwaukee. Oklahoma City, Toronto plus 3, Indiana plus 2, Milwaukee plus 2, Oklahoma City plus 2. The free falls of the week was New Orleans minus 5, Cleveland minus 2, L.A. Lakers minus 2, and Utah minus 2. The week 19 team to watch is the uh, Sacramento Kings. Going back to their last game before the break, the Kings have won three straight, beating the Nuggets and the Clippers on the road to climb to fifth place in the West. Staying there will be tough, especially with games against the Heat, with the rest disadvantage. On Monday, the Nuggets endeavor again on on Wednesday, and Wolves in Minnesota on Friday this week. Um, so yeah, look, the Boston Celtics still lead the Eastern Conference uh, with their number one, but their other teams are coming up quick. So we'll uh, we'll see right there. Uh, what will my Houston Rockets do? Um, I think what they're eighth or uh, no, they're not eighth; they're twelfth in the Western Conference, and they need to win some games and hope to get to the playoffs. But they're slowly moving up. Uh, it is a lot better than the last season. In the past couple of seasons, we finished 15th with, I believe, its last place in the Western Conference. So uh, the Houston Rockets are slowly moving up. You know, it's just going to take a couple couple of seasons, I have a feeling, or a couple of years. Uh, listen, guys, before we go, make sure you hit that little subscribe button right down there on the corner. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Parrish Show. We talk sports. What is happening in the sporting news? And, uh, listen, you guys have a great rest of the week. Have a great day. Uh, God bless, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. Bye.